Matt. Elliot. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yeah. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Do you celebrate? I don't. I had a uh, margarita just before we, we sat down to look at each other here over the screen. No, like, I'm pretty sure you're, like, not allowed to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Oh, roger that. This is my white supremacy leaking out once more. So okay, can, can, we, can we restart this introduction? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god wait is Cinco de Mayo like liberation from colonization I don't know it's when white people drink margaritas and eat tacos I'm, I'm literally sure that that's the irony because Cinco de Mayo I'm I need to google this I'm so sorry this has already taken such a, a wrong turn <laughs> anniversary I, can't, I, of the, I can't control my fucking mouth yeah Tom it's, it's literally it's it's um a holiday celebrated in parts of Mexico and the United States in honor of a military victory in 1862 over the French forces of Napoleon III. So well, it's fuck like, the French. No one likes the French. Yeah, but it's like then like everyone else colonized the holiday about colonization. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. You're right. Let's keep going here. We're just rolling on through here. Um, okay. I have a few, I have a few things to say. Oh, May okay. I? First of all, yeah. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Do You Queer What I Queer. Despite the lag, we're still trying it. Um, I just want to say to everyone, so I'm talking into a microphone that we just bought for the pod that Tom is driving into town soon to get. So, like, your mic doesn't sound fantastic in this episode. It's a tragedy. I just want everyone to know that I'm a dumb, dumb faggot. Like, and that's not an excuse. It's a, just a straight up fact. It's a gay, it's a queer up fact. I'm so dumb with everything technology and it's making my skin like, like flake off my body. It's so frustrating. So apologies. T- totally. I'm, I mean, I wasn't going to throw you under the bus like quite <clears throat> so hard because also um, we weren't prepped for a pandemic and doing this in a pandemic and um We've had to acquire some new equipment, and um, if anyone listening is able to donate to the Patreon or to buy merchandise from doyouqueer.com, just as a way to help keep us afloat and to kind of offset the costs of of switching over um, virtually, like even that means getting um, a pro Zoom account, new equipment, new headphones, et cetera, um, that would be amazing and much appreciated. No Um, pressure, of course. We know times are tough, and if you are looking for queer artists to support we're queer and faggot thank you and if you're so sick of tom sounding like a really really far away faggoty robot then then you can just chip in a couple of bucks i am all those things so so i don't know what that's gonna do i i would like to say though like for people tuning into this episode um we don't speak do i sound like a robot right now did you hear that no you sound fine no you're good jesus um we don't speak um, too too much in this episode. So as like yeah. if if you find it off putting the sound quality, which will change very soon, um, it's, it's not the majority of the episode. I'm quite um, I'm quite thrilled with this episode. I think Coots, our guest who came on, was just so well spoken and heartfelt and um, practical, and uh, I really really appreciated everything that he shared. I think this is a stellar one, and I'm excited to share it. Him being our Dickwick resident pandemic pan medic, if you'll let me have that joke. Oh my God! Wait, but pan a pandemic pan medic, Thomas. Pan, he's a pan medic, and it's a pandemic. So here we go. Just rearranging letters is an anagram, you know. My mind is literally blown right now, and I think that that's. I think that that's it. Do you have anything else? Like I'm speechless. I mean, it's the best thing I'll say in my entire life. So there's nothing more to say except to lead in here <laughs> fantastic and with that lead-in um if you like the episode you can rate review and subscribe on itunes um that means a lot to us if you're not able to give financially um which we obviously understand then then something small like a even an email or a review would be amazing you can send yeah. any emails to do you queer at gmail.com and we would love that or or you can tell one of your friends or five of your friends and be like hey these guys aren't complete morons wait tom people have five friends I don't know anymore. Okay. My friends are just my empty beer cans in this room. Yeah, like that ceiling fan above you looks kind of hot, to be honest. <laughs> we, we dated for a few days. It didn't go well. It didn't go well? Okay, it looks like it may be plotting your death then. I would start running. 
It's my OnlyFans account. Okay, you're on fire. I guess with that, like, there's nothing else we can do to top that. Um, Please enjoy this episode as much as we did. Here we are in the studio, sort of. We're all in three different studios with our guest this week, Coot, who's on the front Hello. line here of COVID-19, working the fucking hard job. So that I mean, faggots like me and Elliot can sit on their ass and talk shit. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's the reason I do my work entirely. <laughs> Thanks for joining. I know it's been a long time coming. We've been wanting to get you on for a while. I'm glad that we were finally all sober and present to be able to do this. That's the loose term. Exactly. I agree. (laughs) Um, Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very glad to be here. Thanks for taking time out of your, I'm sure, very busy schedule to talk with us. I know. Today's vacation day, which is wonderful. Oh, good. Oh, wow. God, we should be paying you some big dollars. No, not for this. Like, I had it as a vacation day otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Coots, how, how are you? Can you describe yourself for our listeners? Oh, um, I'm doing well. Uh, my name, I go by Coots. Most of my friends call me Coots. I'm a 26-year-old retired twink who happens to be a resident <laughs> doctor <laughs> um, in emergency medicine. Uh, what else can I say about myself? I'm... The friend who likes to get drunk and sing way higher songs on uh, karaoke than I should. I'm a Capricorn with a Libra rising. Take that as oh, you may. Oh, boy. You're yeah, I know. I'm out here. Um, so you're the brave friend is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm brave and I know what I want. Uh, do I know what I want? Uh-huh. That's interesting. Uh-huh. At least Can I'm you, not a Gemini. That's Oh, how dare you? But but true. Um, can you tell us what you mean by retired twink? Why aren't you a twink anymore? I feel like, I don't know, like more and more with these Gen Zers coming into the community these days, if I can use that term not offensively. Um, uh, I feel like every time I go to a queer space now, it's like more and more youngsters that are like born in the 2000s. And I'm like, oh God, like... I just, I don't have the energy for this anymore to keep up. So that's why I say retired twink. (laughs) Because to be fair, like everything I say, take with a grain of salt, it's coming from like a white uh, boy with, who's had a a considerable amount of privilege in his life in the past, which I recognize. And so that's why like, I can't tear myself from the twink uh, label. And therefore I have to take it into a new realm. Like are you enjoying retirement? From twink. Have you heard the term? Have you heard the term rink before? Rink like, is that rink, for retired twink? But, yeah, but like W R, like a like a wrinkle, like a rink. I love that. I absolutely love that. Except and I'm feeling that right now because usually I get. What's that? I was going to say, Coots, you have like the tightest skin ever. Like, there's not a wrinkle to be found anywhere near you. Okay, but the real reason is because sometimes I get Botox done and I love it. And right now I can't because of COVID. And so my wrinkles are out to play. Um, I had actually listened to an old episode where like Jezebel was describing why she gets Botox and just like the, the like little lines that form on your head that you recognize or realize are there um, that you don't when you have it in. And it's, totally resonated with me so i love the term rink even more for you now i love it yeah i'm i'm going for it um yeah (laughs) okay so we usually like to start off and check in by by saying what color we're feeling for the day or for the the minute does anyone want to start us off elliot or foods i i i'll i'll start off um my okay. color is an absolute deep crimson red, um, both because I got incredibly sunburnt yesterday and also because I went for a run 
Um, and when you run with rosacea, which is a skin condition that I have, in case you didn't know, hi, I'm Elliot and I have rosacea. Um, I didn't turn, know that. You turn, yeah, I know it's like, it's pretty intense. You turn so deep red. We so call it his brosacea. <laughs> Tom, Tom calls it my brosacea. We don't Daddy. Do it's not a thing that we engage in. Um, yeah, so I've just, I've just been like a deep crimson, literally and figuratively. I feel on fire in my soul. So yeah. I love that. Thanks. Coots, what about uh, you yeah. or Tom? Mm, similarly, I am a, a blood red, a fucking blood ass motherfucking red. Um, not half an hour before we started recording, my partner found a tick on my face. Oh, shit. He went to get it off and it hurt when it came off. And now I'm freaking out because I think I have Lyme disease. I scrubbed my face for 20 minutes straight and now I think they laid eggs in my neck. Okay, so Tom, I'm here to reassure you that you can't get Lyme disease until the thick is, tick is on you at least for 24 hours. Okay, well, I don't know how long it was on me, but it <laughs> probably wasn't for 24 hours. Also, Lyme is not that common in Toronto, I think. I okay, think. good. <laughs> well, what about in it. what about in Grand Bend? To be honest, I have no idea where the fuck that is. Okay, no problem. Let's just move ahead, assuming we don't have <laughs> Lyme disease and that the tick was just an annoying hurt in my fucking face. I'm sorry you went through that. That's so awful. No, it's okay. Here we are. We're all alive. For now. Um, I would say that my color is like a bright, sunny yellow, um, which is very boring and very cliche, but I just feel like I, I was working a lot last week and then I came off yesterday and it was like beautiful outside. My partner and I had like drinks on the balcony with the sun blaring in our faces and he's like lobster red now from sunburn too. Um, and when I think of the color yellow, I think of my mom a lot for some reason and like uh, the theme of power for some reason. And I've never been able to explain why I've made that association in my mind. But when I feel like I'm powerful in some way or ready to take on what comes next i think of my mom and i think of the color yellow for some reason and i'm i'm feeling that today i'm not really just saying it for for this and now but that's that's just what i that's so lovely and it's very reminiscent of the candle in front of you right now as well i know yeah and when i put it on i was like this is perfect yeah for all of our listeners along with this lemon squeeze that i have in my martini tom can you narrate like the vibe that coots's setup is giving you because there's there's a vibe there she went there. It is, it's very like, I want to say Christine Baranski, like in her trailer <laughs> on the set of The Good Wife. And she's just like learning her lines, sipping her fucking Chardonnay. There's a, a candle that's more of like a, like a candelabra. And there's some, like there's a, there's a rainbow queen in the background. Like I just feel like you're living your like yeah. dynasty old lady not a wrinkle in sight, motherfucking, rich-ass, bitch-ass, lovely life. Tie it all together. I love that. Uh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I'll emulate every single piece of that description. Oh, you already are. <laughs> and so moving forward, as, as the uh, Christine Baranski of ranks in Toronto, um, you're on the front line working at the hospital during mm -hmm. COVID-19. I know this is a very broad question, but like, how's it going? It's like, it's, it's right now it is fine. I think most of us, um, to, to give everybody a background, like I am an emergency resident at a hospital in Ottawa. Um, and I do frequent work in Toronto as well. Um, and have worked a little bit, uh, throughout the province but it's for the time being where I'm at right now it's not too bad um, I would say that most of Canada uh, I hope I'm not shooting myself in the foot is is doing okay with the volumes of patients that we're seeing right now 
which is definitely not the case for someone who's, for instance, a nurse or a doctor or another allied health worker in New York or somewhere like this. Um, okay. Really, we have not been hit um, in a large part thanks to very stringent social distancing um, by the pandemic that has happened in places like New York, Italy, Spain, uh, and other places like this. Um, and I, like knock on wood, that will continue to be the case. Um, at first, it actually kind of like became sort of like uh, a dead zone in the hospital. Like everybody was afraid to come in because they'd be afraid to get COVID. Um, right. COVID had sort of reached Canada to the same degree that it had now. Um, and so our volumes were like zero. Um, so I went from working shifts in the emergency department where I would rarely, if ever, take a break uh, to eat or do otherwise and just see patients constantly to just like twiddling my thumbs with the preceptor I was working with um, until somebody else would come in once an hour or something like that. Since then, I would say our volumes have gone back up to approximately like 60 to 70% of what it was before. And uh, in Ottawa specifically, most of that has not been from COVID uh, where I've been working, which is the intensive care unit for the past month. Um, we've had like a steady stream of people presenting with COVID. Um, most of which the hospital, I would say, are from nursing homes or uh, people who have, like, are older, essentially, or who have critical medical comorbidities that make them less uh, competent in their immune system, if I'm going to put it that way. Um, so it's been okay. It's It sucks in many ways. Like, uh, on my last call, like two days ago, I had to, you know, talk to families over the phone while their like older, most often loved one was dying in the other room and they're not allowed to come into hospital or there's some reason they can't come into hospital at this time to see their loved one who's passing away. So that's been shitty. And I'm, I'm being like a doctor, do not put up with most of the heart-wrenching things that happen on the front line. Like our nurses are absolutely the bigger, um, the group that's most exposed to this and probably go home with more of the, like the weight in, on their shoulders from this when, uh, when they're done their shifts, for example. Sorry, that was so long and rambly. No, Dude. no, not, not at all, yeah. No, that was awesome. Um, I'm just wondering, like, hearing you talk about this, um, can you describe to us kind of like yours and I guess um, other of your coworkers kind of coping mechanisms um, going through this time, just, just for the exhaustion physically and the anxiety and like, I just mm -hmm. like all around. Well, like I would say much like the rest of the population, which we're probably going to get to, uh, especially the queer population, like a lot of us, um, at my job has been probably engaging in like a higher amount of drinking than we're used to. Um, relying on each other largely at the hospital. I'm thankful to be in a department that is like unbelievably supportive of its residents, um, which is not always the case uh, and doesn't apply to every specialty. Um, and for instance, like one of our other residents is leading, I know this is like a very small example, but like leading weekly yoga where we all get together on Zoom and do that. Or we'll do weekly drinks with the residents on Zoom or do one of our like doctors in the department, it does like CrossFit competitions and she's like this badass woman who's the head of our sexual assault and domestic violence center. And she like leads us in CrossFit every Friday just for fun for an hour. So it's like, those little things are incredibly little and yes, I'm like so privileged to have them, but they've been really helping and um, feeling part of something during this pandemic, like feeling part of a cause in a way. Um, it's been, it's been good to 
receive like calls from like my chief resident called me the second um, social distancing went into play. And he was like, you're going to be in the intensive care unit next, next month. Like, how are you feeling? Like, that's a call I got from him. And I was like, wow, like not a lot of people are so fortunate to be in such a supportive work environment. Yeah. A lot of baking, so much baking comes to the hospital from either nurses making them or like other members of our resident team. And like my, my eating of sweet things has gone way up, which I'm not against. I love that. So I, maybe this is, oh, maybe this is too personal a question. If it is like reach to the screen and slap me, but would you say that like there, this is a higher emotional toll than usual for someone in your position? Uh, I would say like in my personal job and most of the jobs I see around the hospital, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's something to consider in that like, where a lot of people who work in healthcare are typically uh, working in an environment that's very hard on them, one that is underappreciated both um, in terms of benefits, resources, and financially. Um, a lot of jobs in the hospitals are sort of discarded as less than useful, which is absurd because we could not do anything in the hospital without every single member of our team. Um, and so with that baseline level of lack of acknowledgement, I would say, this adds another layer of emotional difficulty. Um, a lot of people are pick picking up like extra time at the hospital to cover for others who either get exposed and by virtue of our policy can't go back to work for like two weeks or um, like, contract COVID. Like we just had an outbreak in one of our emergency departments last week. So it is unfortunate in that way. Wow, I can't even imagine. Are you yourself uh, worried about contracting it? Uh, I might get in trouble for admitting that I am not scared to get COVID myself, but I'm also so privileged to be someone who's young, healthy, um, does not have any comorbidities in their past medical history that makes it that they won't do bad, most likely with this disease. Um, never say never, but like if I get it, it will likely be either a cold or I might not even show symptoms, to be honest. Um, and to, like if you, if we could test anybody's more readily right now. Like if you tested me and I ended up having been exposed and build immunity already, I wouldn't be surprised. Let's just put it that way. Coots, I'm wondering, you'd mentioned earlier, just kind of about the, the pandemic more generally and also its impact on, on the LGBTQ community, on queer people. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot because it's a very grand question, but uh, from your perspective, what sort of insights do you have? So I... This is going to be like a whole depressing rant. I don't want it to be that. But um, I feel as though a lot of us in the community understand already what things are at play to, to make this a worst, worst pandemic, like plain and simple for queer people than otherwise. Um, but I don't feel that always my colleagues understand that in the medical field. Um, which is unfortunate, but I, so let's take the example for, we know that people in the LGBTQ populations by and large have a, depending on the study that you read, anywhere from two to six fold increase in mental health issues compared to the rest of the population or to our non-queer um, siblings, let's call them. But um, I can't believe I just said that, actually. That's so weird. But um, anyway, so you know that there's an increase in mental health struggles. And obviously, this is a time in which mental health is very fragile for a lot of people. Um, and I think we need to maybe be more honest about that with each other. 
a lot of people are shaming each other for perhaps not being absolutely 100% stringent with social distancing protocols, um, shaming them on the basis of just merely wanting to like take what's going on and take it out on somebody else. Um, I think you have to weigh the balance of what these practices are currently doing to your mental health, how you use harm reduction to mitigate the ways in which you will not follow these restrictions if you absolutely, absolutely must not. Um, and of course, I don't recommend that you don't. But when social distancing first went into effect, I was working in the eMERGE and I saw a huge uptick in people coming in for mental health presentations being unfortunately suicidal or having their bipolar um, get re, um, reactivated into a manic episode, for, for instance. And I would say, this is incredibly anecdotal, not science-based, but I would say the rise that I saw was disproportionately affecting queer people here in Ottawa. Um, and I usually have a good idea of like the ratio of queer to non-queer patients I see for those specific concerns. And I would say that ratio skewed heavily towards queer people, right, as social distancing started, which I mean makes sense. Like you guys have talked about it, I think already a little bit on the show in that um, our spaces as a community are so, so, so important to us and do a lot for our mental health and, when, uh, and well-being in general. Um, so those have essentially been taken away from us. And I'm afraid in certain ways that, like, what if one of those spaces can't reopen after the pandemic just economically? I think that'll cause a very difficult time for a lot of people in our community. Um, and then there's the other aspect of, you know, people going on grinder and scruff and having the temptation to, because, you know, we're all horny people inside, trapped, uh, trapped inside of our doors. Like, does that mean that you'll be on grinder or scruff and trying to peruse things and keeping yourself from having to meet up with someone? But to a lot of people in our community, that's a huge trigger, for instance, substance use. Like, um, I was talking to a friend who's a family doctor in Toronto, and he was telling me that some of his patients who are long-term meth users and currently right now a big trigger for them is going on grinder and like basically getting dick pics from people um which they're trying to keep away from during this pandemic which is difficult for them because frankly their mental health is so fragile during this time um so i i would say mental health is the first big struggle i think about um we think about all the time the barriers to access to care that there are for queer and trans people in our medical system. Um, and I freely admit that the medical vocation has been like garbage at this, even to present day, um, without even mentioning historically how bad it's been to queer and trans people. Um, we know that in Ontario, trans people avoid emergency departments at a basal rate like pre-COVID, at approximately 20% for fear of discrimination and violence. I don't think that, you know, percentage will go up from this pandemic, obviously. Um, and so you worry about people who are potentially at risk of specific health concerns who can't get access to healthcare when they need it. Um, you know, I think about, for instance, the trans person who's on estrogenic therapy which is a risk factor for blood clots. Um, and COVID, unfortunately, has been causing a lot of blood clots in our population. And we can't really scientifically figure out why or how. Um, so naturally, that would put a trans person who's taking estrogenic therapy at risk for becoming much worse when they are infected with COVID. Um, not to mention, you know, the, the rate of HIV in our population that is much higher than that of our cohorts, um, at least if you are, don't have a well-controlled virus and you're HIV positive, 
unfortunately, that does lend itself to you being immunodeficient and at much uh, higher risk of contracting COVID and doing worse with it. Uh, sorry, that was so long. But um, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, I just thank you for saying all that. I mean, I guess I knew it, but to sort of hear it out, let's for some heard it out loud, it just is hitting me quite profoundly, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I'm at a bit of a loss for words right now, but yeah. I am. Um, I'm just wondering as you're speaking, and again, this is something I want to throw out to all three of us, um, not just because you're a healthcare professional, but uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the difficulties that queer people face this time, they all bleed into each other, right? Like there's uh, mental health, and then addiction, and then stigmatization, and violence, and trauma, and like all of these things are are kind of part of a large picture. So I'm wondering, just to throw it out there, like what are some I guess things that we can do for the community or what are some things that the community can do? Um, like, have you, have you guys seen anything happening so far in that respect or? I would say the number one thing right now that everybody in and out of our community should be doing is financially supporting members of our community that do not have work right now. Um, we know that a larger proportion of our community relies on the arts and performance for uh, their well-being and their livelihood. And right now that's put on hold for everybody. And that must be absolutely petrifying for people who rely on that. Like I, I am unbelievably privileged to be able to get to go to work every day. And we know that queer and trans Canadians at a higher rate than the rest of the population are unemployed, are homeless and live below the poverty line. Um, approximately 19% of all youth in shelters in Ottawa are LGBTQ, which is much higher than the basal population rate. Uh, they estimate that approximately 20% of all youth across Canada are LGBTQ, which is way higher. Of course, those numbers are crude and vary a lot, but that just gives you an idea of how low compared to the rest of the population the socioeconomic status of people within our family are. Um, so I think if you're able to, like for instance, I just saw a fundraiser for a local bar in Ottawa that is like this old, like grungy place that I love where like old queens from like Northern Ontario will tell you their 40 year story of their drag career, um, like stumbling all over you. And it's one of my favorite places. And they're like reaching out to the community because they said already we're struggling to even stay open. And to those who think that we'll be out in bars again by like the end of the summer, I'm so sorry to say that I professionally don't think that's the case. I hope that I'm wrong, but like our, queer spaces are at such high risk right now that if you have the means, please, please, please support them. Um, if not, like, we will have nowhere to go back to when this all lets up. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, and I also, I had this idea last night, like if you're not somebody who is able to financially um, donate money, um, in that respect, I was thinking like there's, for my case, there's a trans tattoo artist that I'm really fond of their work and I think that they're amazing. And I was thinking like, I might just put a full down payment for a piece mm -hmm. and then be like, whenever it's possible to happen, but like have the money right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even things like that to keep people floating right now are, are possible, I guess. Of course. Yeah. Buy art from your queer artists. Like I had someone do a piece of art for me, like just a quick hand drawn thing a queer artist in toronto that i know and i was like like keep it for now and then i'll get it from you afterwards and paid him for it basically and so if you are able to do that which is obviously a caveat that we have to consider like please please go ahead and do so because so much of health and well-being during this time is linked to your socioeconomic status and how you're able to lead your life quote unquote like you typically do, 
So it would be hugely appreciated. Um, part of the reason why these online things are, are so frustrating to me is that like figure out how do we take our arts workshops and move them online. And it's like, right now it's confounding to me, but I hope to, I hope to figure it out because we do want to keep these artists employed that work for us. Many of them are queer. And I guess what I have to do and what the world has to do is just figure out how to translate the art form online. At least that's my problem right now. And yeah. honestly, I'm so sick and frustrated and tired of trying to figure it out. But so onward we go. Um, I have I have a thing to say that's that's not related to this conversation, but as we're speaking, I'm hearing the pots and pans being banged um, for the 7.30, like, thank you for essential workers. Um, oh, cool. As an essential worker, Coots, how do you feel about that? Because I haven't actually asked anyone. Oh, uh, that's such an interesting question. It does not have, like, I've been in Ottawa since the COVID pandemic happened. Um... I, we don't do it here, or they don't do it, and so I don't hear it. I, I've only seen it happen in Toronto and Vancouver, I think. I might be wrong about that. Um, I think it's, in a way, like, very wonderful. It, like, reflects, I think, the way that the scientific community, world, like, worldwide has come together. I was just listening to a podcast about, like, the most recent evidence with regards to how we're modeling COVID going forward and like what we think is going to happen. Um, and the scientist that was speaking on it was just saying like, um, I've really felt closer to my community more than I ever have. Like we, we are binding together to make things happen, to try to pump out as much research on the topic or um, developments in terms of treatments and potential vaccines uh that it feels like we're all in this together and as corny as it is like that is a gesture that i feel reflects that for me um i did see this hilarious meme online uh of this nurse like at a grocery store trying to pay for her groceries and like her wallet is empty and she's like do you accept clapping and cheering i saw that <laughs> uh, which is like so so fucking apropos because we pay nurses like absolute garbage for way like often way harder work than I do. Um, we we do not pay our Canadian nurses enough. Um, our allied health workers are not paid enough either. And a lot of like a lot of nurses in my department are not young. Like they are in their thirtieth year of nursing. Uh, a lot of them are badass women that I absolutely fucking love working with. Um, absolutely fucking lutely is what I meant to just say. <laughs> Great, thank you. Uh, and they're heavily at risk of not surviving COVID if they contract it. And they go to work and they're the strongest women that I see during my day. Um, and it inspires me so much. So I think we perhaps as a society moving forward from this pandemic when it does let up um we'll have to reevaluate the way we value true frontline workers um and the way they put god i'm so corny their lives on the line for the rest of us right like i i do you think sorry go on uh, i was just gonna say do you think that I know that's a, it is an impossible question, but do we think that that might happen? That there, there might be some, I don't know, change in how we respect and support these workers? At the risk of being like so pessimistic, historically, no. <laughs> like, right. Historically, uh, the world of healthcare has been dominated by men uh, in a way that's kept physicians at the top of the respect pole and predominantly female nurses at the bottom of it. Um, and I'm obviously excluding a ton of other healthcare workers in this discussion, but it's, the spectrum lies um, in their negative, uh, for them in a negative way, in the same way, right? I think 
unfortunately, historically, that hasn't happened. I would really hope that it does. Um, I don't know. It's like our first global pandemic of at least my last lifetime. So I, I think hopefully there will be a change from this. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess the one thing that I hear being brought up in this conversation is um, the connectedness, which is funny. Like, I, that's part of the reason why this pandemic is a yeah. pandemic is because there's so much connection these days. But uh, at the same time, I think that there's something to be said about um, all of our reactions to COVID are still going to live online. Like, there's going to be this massive kind of archive digitally afterwards, and it's not just going to disappear like in 1918. And people yeah. hopefully at least will be harder to forget. Um, but that's also optimistic, I think, from my end. I mean, it's true. There's, I, one of my mentors at, uh, in Toronto who does a lot of um, HIV medicine is currently doing, or part of a research project, looking at the way that online use during the COVID pandemic has or will continue to impact the LGBTQ community's mental health as a whole. Um, and you know, that's directly tied to the fact that we know that internet or online use for a greater proportion of your social interactions has linked, has been linked with poor mental health outcomes in the past, like more times than I can count. And so if you can think about it, we're more likely to be not not partnered in spaces, not close to our families. For those of us that still live with our families, um, uh, you know, do you live with a family that's homophobic or has been problematic to your well-being in the past that you've been able to strike a balance with living on, you know, in another place um, and, you know, tolerate their presence enough to an end that your mental health is in a positive balance? Uh, a lot of people during this pandemic have had to go home to either discriminatory or straight up abusive households. Um, and the rate of interpartner violence and sexual assault, which we know is higher in the queer and particularly trans populations in Canada, are probably going unreported at this time, which I'm like, it, it hurts to say, unfortunately, because it, it's part of the work that I do, but it's, it's just so heart-wrenching in that way god i feel like everything i've said is just so sad um yeah i, I appreciate it and in the essence of like uh, actually my mind has been blown i really really appreciate everything you're sharing with us uh i do want to interrupt and just because you're a fucking stellar guest we want to ask you our season four question if that's okay oh my god yeah okay great so as you know, our season four question is, what does your first part is, what does your queer future look like? Oh, I should have thought of this before, but um, I feel as though my queer future is like, uh, there would not, like billionaires would not exist. That's the first part. I think um, when I think of ahead when I'm 60 or 70 and what I want to, see reflected in the world. It's the fact that we finally come to a place where we can tax billionaires out of existence, where I can walk down the street with my partner without either of us feeling even like the smallest twinge of potential lack of safety from holding each other's hands and embracing in public. Um, it's a future where women get paid as much as men do across the board. Um, it's a future where the fact that I'm pansexual isn't even a consideration even amongst my like straight friends and colleagues at work. It's a future where I feel comfortable at work to dress and like be queer the way that I am, I guess, with my friends. Um, obviously within reason. Um, I just, it's a future where I see the mental health of our community no longer suffering from minority stress to the level that it is now. Um, I think that's a big important thing for me as well. 
That was fucking amazing. Is there anything that, uh, is there anything that gives you hope for a future that looks like that? Oh, that's a good question. I know that's a broad question. Um, I just have like so many good, wonderful people in my life right now that are so either within like my work field or out of it that are so supportive to the way I experience my, uh, sorry, the way I display my queerness, the way my close friends display their queerness. Um, and I would say like that includes my family, which way back when I did not feel that was the case. Um, but I, I have a, oh, I guess this makes sense. Like I have a new niece who's now eight months and so not super new, but like my sister-in-law, for instance, when she was shopping for clothes for the baby, like was adamant about not using blue or pink in any of the clothes that she chose because she didn't want the clothes to be gendered. And this is like, you know, uh, a girl who was born in China and lived in, like grew up in North Van, like very, very nice childhood. Um, married to like a tall, you know, white guy from who's got a good job. Like this is a very like straight, typical relationship. And I saw her like place emphasis on that in a way that I didn't feel she was just doing it for me. I felt like it just was something that she intrinsically wanted to do. So I feel like the, the little babes that were like raising into this community are, or even just like who are straight and just going to be exposed to all this stuff. Like, shows like sexual education shows like drag race that they're going to be exposed to when they're younger i'm like whitewashing this absolutely to a t right now and i apologize for that but like that exposure that's going to happen that i didn't get to go to that you both didn't get to go to i'm presuming um is amazing and that gives me hope for a queer future that i could are the straights starting to get it Oh my I, God. I wouldn't say so. Um, <laughs> that is, there's still a lot of fucking work to do. Okay, well, you, you're just like the queen of being profound today. Um, and this is amazing. Am I? Yeah, oh, this God. is phenomenal. Um, can we switch over to like, to like a quoting round, like yeah. something a little bit less profound? I would love that. Let's make this a little. Oh more my profound. God. What a good idea. Tom, do you want to go first on it? I hope the lag a little bit with this won't bother it, but it should be good, I think, right? And if you take some time to think, then we can just blame it on the lag. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. It's technology. Exactly. Blame everything on the lag. Actually, I heard Jesse was including more lag on the audio during the. I think Jesse keeps unplugging my Wi-Fi on purpose. So where the fuck is Jesse? Is he even working? I see him in the background doing it. He's, he's also funny. he's tanning on the balcony right now because he's fucking useless. Because he's a fucking lazy-ass uh, <laughs> producer or whatever. <laughs> All right. I, I don't want to talk about Jesse anymore. I've had a rough yeah, Thank you. Yeah. So, Coot, what's your, pro- what's your pronoun? Uh, he or they. What's your favorite swear word? Fuck. What's your favorite body part? Um, oh, my God. I hate myself, dick. Yes. You're the first one brave enough to say that, I think. Um, I, I'm just honest. What's your favorite movie? Oh, I'm so fucking lame. Uh, Harry Potter, Deathly Hollows Part 2. Don't hate me. <laughs> I don't, I promise. No, no hate here. On that note, what's your favorite mythical creature? Oh my god. Um, oh. I don't know. Um, okay, so do you know that little, like... Have you guys seen uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them or yeah. whatever it is? Okay, do you know that little like uh, platypus looking thing that, that like, like, likes steals the gold? Planes? Oh my God, it's so yes. cute. Yes, yep. The Capricorn in me relates to that in very shameful ways. <laughs> and so I would have to say that. Yeah. I'm obsessed. Um, what's your favorite noise? <laughs> I think the sound of an espresso machine like dripping into 
coffee in the morning. I think is it's really simple. What about espresso dripping out of a penis into coffee? Um, I would take it, 100%. Uh, I would worry about that person's urethra, though. As a healthcare professional? <laughs> as, as a woman of medicine. Uh-oh, um, I should go to the hospital. Because... <laughs> um, um, who's your celebrity bro? My celebrity what? Crush. Crush. Oh, fuck. Uh, oh, Troy Sivan. Oh, that's like yeah. two in a row for us. Um, who's your queer icon? That's really tough. Um, I would probably like I would say currently my queer icon is um, Patricia. Like the this is really specific, but like the bartender at Buddies. Oh my god, I'm obsessed. Like I'm reading her book right now during quarantine and just reading like her journey through um, transitioning has been like really, really wonderful for me. What's and the title? She's, um, oh my God. It's uh, uh, Musings from the Bunker and Slouching Towards Womanhood. She calls her, her place, like her home, the bunker. Um, and I love, love the title Slouch slouching towards womanhood i think it's so apropos uh, i sound so weird right now but uh i just i've been really liking it and she's always been someone that like whenever i come back to toronto to visit my partner and we go to buddies like i see her and she means she is in a way a representation of the village and community queer community in toronto for me and so i would say she's my current icon but uh, one that's like not queer but like is important to my queerhood in a way is Celine Dion like above and all I know y'all had a recent episode about pop music and didn't mention her which I like screamed <laughs> at my phone at um, I'm so sorry we're discussing Katy Perry and Taylor Swift <laughs> and so left sorry. Out fucking like Whitney Celine Mariah like, <laughs> send us your notes okay. on that I was I was driving in the car the other day, in the car the other day, and my boyfriend Oz uh, asked who was singing on the radio, and it was Celine Dion, and I almost drove the car into a ditch. I never And I said, if I were, I said, <laughs> I said, every gay would be so mad if I outed you right now, but I wouldn't do that. And now I've just outed him to the entire podcast. Well, that's great. That's. What do you. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, honestly. I'm going to pop in aneurysm. Coots, <laughs> <laughs> what do you wish you knew more about? History. Like, I am garbage at it. Um, I'd say I know, like, a, a okay amount of queer history compared to... Actually, I know more than, like, the average population because of all the fucking straights. But, like... Um, like, I know a fair bit about an okay amount of queer, about queer history, but the rest of history, God, I'm fucking awful at it. Um, and my partner is, like, super well-versed in, like, Roman history. It's his, like, thing. He's a fucking huge nerd about it, and I find it so endearing. Um, and so he, like, makes me watch documentaries about Rome. Um, I currently hate us when I'm describing this right now. Uh, but it's really nice. Like, <laughs> I get to benefit from that, which I, like, it's just one of those things that I'm so thankful for. Uh, but yeah, I wish I knew way more about history in general. The thing about history is, like, there's just, like, so much of it. it you know what I mean? I know, I was going to say, in your defense, that's a lot that's to a learn. Lot. Though, a lot. I just want to be better at history, like... <laughs> overall yeah, you know, like, i want to know all the history also like to be fair history is fucking depressing human history is a yeah. garbage filled like bag of dicks oh yeah that someone barfed on and lift like lit on fire it's like and tom's we must friday do night better. oh yeah oh that's what most people call me <laughs> hey coots what would your friend say is your best quality <laughs> um i'm very loyal um, what are you most grateful for? 
Uh, I'm very grateful for the time I've been able to spend with my partner during this pandemic right now. Um, he lives in Toronto. I do my residency in Ottawa. I would say we on average get to see each other like every two to three weeks, but like it's been really nice to have him here. And honestly, I just feel like, like he should just work and I should just live at home and live live the life that I, I'm just lazy. The dream. <laughs> the dream. Coots, what do you, uh, yeah, what do you hate about straight culture? Fucking absolutely everything about it. Like I, I hate the inherent misogyny. I hate the inherent xenophobia. Um, the thought that like, as you get older, you have to get more boring and have, enjoy life less um like very thankful in some ways about the weird uh second puberty that we all go through as queer people because we didn't get through the first time and then we realize how fun it is and then we don't really stop um like i often think about how awful it would be to be born again as straight uh I, I probably should stop because like this is gonna get it. No, we've said but, like, By the way, I should say like everything I say on this podcast is not the opinion of my employers <laughs> or the vocation or institute of medicine. Um, just that right out. Um, what's your queer superpower? Um, I'm like uh, my ability to quickly connect with people and support them in their time of need is is very much crafted by my queer experience and that applies to like i'm gonna be very corny again but the way like my work in the hospital i find i can support better uh my patients better and connect with them in a way that other people maybe aren't able to or have had to learn in another way um because we see so many people at the margins of our society in the hospital. And I feel like this applies fucking every day to my work. Like kind of on the other side of that, what's your biggest queer fear? Um, complacency, like not like getting to a point where I'm no longer learning from those people that are less privileged than I am. Um, like that for myself, but also for everybody, like when we're no longer um, raising the voices of people who are, for instance, like of color and queer, or like at the furthest margins of our society, like trans women of color who are subject to so much violence. Like when I stop learning from those people, I've, I've lost. Did Elliot just disappear? Oh, well, we, we've lost one of our hosts at the moment. <laughs> not to worry. <laughs> not to worry. She was done. She I'm going to invite him. <laughs> she was with us. She's had enough. With us. <laughs> okay, oh. as I try to get her back on here, there's one more question that maybe you can answer for our listeners and for me. Do you have a queer mantra? And if you do, what is it? Yeah, I think I do. Mine is like pretty simple. It's a you do you. Um, I've, uh, I've, I've uh, in a way lived by that for a long time. Like I'm very, I believe everybody should have more you do you energy. Like you want to use a specific substance. Let me help you do it more safely. And like you do you. You want to go do that particular kink that you are like so on about, but I am not into like you do you like, um, it's just like something that I think could make the world a better place. God, I'm so fucking corny. <laughs> um, no, stop it. No, you're not. You're not corny. <laughs> but yeah, that's. Or that's, if you are, then I'm riding the corn train with you. <laughs> Please tell oh, me more. Oh, look who wants to come back. Oh, she's back? Is she back. begging? Is she knocking okay. at the door? 
as I try to rip wrench her back in here, poor Elliot, um, have, did you have a chance to look at your phone? Oh my God, was, let me look at it now. And we texted, <laughs> we texted over a picture of Pamela, oh. which um, Elliot and Jesse had adorned before we started recording. So I'm wondering if you could explain to us and to the listeners what you're looking at. Oh my God. Okay. So by the way, Elliot's back. Yeah. Everyone. Welcome back, Elliot. Welcome back to the table. Thank you for leaving us. Um, yeah. You just had a recess. That's all. An intermission. He's actually behind you right now. Watch out. Um, I, oh my God, Pamela. First of all, the first thing I'm, my eyes jump to uh, beyond the lovely, beautiful cannabis uh, flower uh, plant, I should say that Elliot has been, growing for Pamela, specifically for her, is this lovely little white, um, like, spa, like, bathrobe she's sort of wearing. Uh, that's my interpretation of it. She's relaxing on an off day. Um, sorry, Pamela, just, what are Pamela's pronouns? I feel like I'm misusing them. Pamela's pronouns are she, her. Pepper, but Pepper is they. Pam, Pam, Pepper is they. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to ask to clarify. So I'll continue with the she because that's the energy I'm getting from her right now. Um, her hair has not been done in months. It is <laughs> She's dyed it bright green because she's having a COVID life crisis. Um, she can't bear it anymore. She saw all the qu- twinks on Instagram going blonde and she had to have her own color. <laughs> um, she's been probably smoking more cannabis than she should be during this pandemic but that is okay because that's the way that she copes and if she needs a little bit more substance to get her through the day that's all right um though it seems as if she's taking the day off from work because she's in a beautiful spotty bathrobe she's about to paint her toenails and masturbate and take care of herself Um, and she's going to do so in a a fucking beautiful warm tub with Epsom salts listening to, oh, what is she listening to? She's listening to um, Whitney So Emotional. Oh, God, I hate myself. She's all of us that. right now. Yeah, she's every she's, woman. She's I, yeah, I just want to step in here and say that that's very Elliot. You basically just described me, yeah. like almost literally. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I know we're over time and I am going to. Um, we're gonna have to start wrapping things up, unfortunately. And I know Elliot, you wanted to skip double rainbow, but I really just wanted to spit one thing out at you, guys, at you yeah. people. That um, my double rainbow is uh, we're here on Crave on HBO. It's a fucking phenomenal show. If you're not watching it, please, please, please go watch it. It's like everything I could have ever wanted in a TV show. It's like what queer I should have been. It's what Drag Race should have been. Oh, this is the thing with Bob and... Eureka uh, and uh, Shangela. Oh my God. I didn't know it was out yet. It's amazing. There's two episodes. Oh, it's great. There's been two episodes. I love that. I'll watch it. And it's like, it's next level. But anyway, that's my double rainbow. Does anyone else have a little cute, like, queef of a double rainbow? Um, I would say... I feel like I've already mentioned it, but that book that I'm reading is a big double rainbow for me right now. Um, I would say my, my huge double rainbow is seeing, this is so, it's kind of weirdly hetero, but like seeing my niece, like every day we have an iCloud like image share album for my brother to post pictures of my niece. Aww. And I was supposed to be over there. They live in Vancouver. I was supposed to be over there this entire month working in their ICU as sort of like a, a an away rotation to spend time with them. And unfortunately, because of COVID, that was like, that was canceled. Um, and I get photos of her and videos of her doing like cute shit and every day. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful thing to wake up to, to, see when I'm at work and shit's hard. Um, it's really wonderful. I see her on your feed and she's so cute. So cute. She's an angel. Um, my, my, my little, oh, so adorable. <laughs> um, my little queer double rainbow is that I planted um, wildflowers and they're growing and I'm very excited Ooh. about it. Oh, yeah. 
So that's mine. Very nice. Is this on your balcony, Elliot? Yeah, I have a giant bed, so they're going to get quite big, which Ooh. is very exciting. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I love it. Can um, it's like, we, I, we're, do, we don't know what to say. This was so amazing. Thank you so much. Honestly, honestly, I, we really appreciate I it. I hope I didn't depress too many people. No, 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 no. Don't. I mean, that's, that's our flavor. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, I'm just wondering. And, like, I must acknowledge that we're in a part of the world that's very lucky. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Yeah, totally. So, just when things are hard, remember that. Uh, and support some peeps that are maybe not in so, such lucky places. Amazing. Without further ado, queer, um, we'll see all your queers next Tuesday. Bye. 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 Do you queer? 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 Do you queer?